You don't have to go and sit in a corner or knock on doors. Just with your life, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, your life is very important for people to see that I am a Christian. I don't have to preach. And when they come and ask me what I believe, I can share with them. And they'll say, well, I notice you're different. And you can say, I'm different because of Christ. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us for Raul's continuing study of the practical wisdom found in 1 Timothy. Today you'll get a challenge to prioritize more daily time with the Lord, deepening your relationship with Him and seeking His guidance. As you follow along, you'll see that this consistent, quiet communion not only benefits you, it'll also strengthen your witness to a watching world. Here's Raul Reese with today's message. 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you have your Bible. He says, therefore, therefore means one. Chapter 1, we just went to chapter 1, chapter 2 now. I exhort you first. Exhortation. That's what I'm doing to you tonight. I'm exhorting you. Therefore, I exhort you first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Four things he's talking about there. He talks about supplications. That is for God and others to pray for them. As we supplication for my mom, my dad, or whoever it is for you. Or my wife, my kids, whoever it is. I make that a priority, supplications. But secondly, prayers here is the word only used for God here. Talking to God should be included in worship and in praise. Talking to God. Communicating. And what does he do? He communicates with you. Intercession. Another important word here. Recording with God. Or reading with God. What he says here. Intercession. Which means I'm interceding for you and for me. And I'm not going to let down until God answers my prayer. Why? Because I love you. Jesus was interceding for who? His disciples. Intercession. And then he says, giving of thanks. The word only here used by God. Talking to God should be included again in the worship and notice and the praise of God. Now, giving of thanks. When we pray, do you give thanks to the Lord? Do you start out asking for your needs or you start out with thanksgiving? Read the Psalms, amazing Psalms. David, in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father which art in heaven. Not Lord, I need, I want. Preparing. Our Father which art in heaven, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Way down in the prayer. We need to learn not to ask first for us. We need to pray to him. We need to give ourselves first to him, seeking first the kingdom of God. And prayer is very needed today like never, never before. My wife and I, 
We look back at what's God done for the last 50 years and what he'll do for the next one year, whatever it is. Because we know that God really exists. We pray for you in our prayer meetings. Because we want to make sure that we're communication with God and God is in communication with us. And we want God to answer our prayers. And remember, in the book of Revelation, it says a lot of times because somebody asked me, well, what about if I die and I've been praying for my kids? Is he going to save them? Well, in the book of Revelation, it says that as Jesus sitting on the throne, the prayer of the saints are surrounding the throne. Sometimes our prayers are answered when we're gone. Prayer is answered. And if God doesn't answer your prayer, it's for the good of your life. He knows it's not good for you. You might pray for something that will destroy you. But he loves you so much, he's not going to give it to you. And if he does give it to you, it's to teach you a lesson to keep your eyes on him and do exactly what he says. So here's Paul. Giving of thanks be for all. There's all men here. It doesn't mean that women are not mentioned. You're going to see in a moment a lot of mention about women. And then he says in verse 2, for kings, again prayer, for kings, people in authority. In Washington, I have to pray for people in authority. God knows exactly when we pray. God knows exactly what they're doing. He knows exactly. He goes and listens carefully. He says, authority over the government, again, for kings and all who are in authority. Pastors, your boss, whoever, the military, or those captains, generals, whoever it is, lieutenants, those people were supposed to be praying. If we're Christians now and you know about Christ, you know about prayer, then if you're in the military, you pray. If you're a policeman, you pray. Highway patrol, sheriffs, whatever it is, local police, whatever. We pray for the police. We pray for each other all the time because that's what the Bible teaches. Prayer is important. He goes on. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. Boy, that is hard, isn't it? But here he commands us. And when he's talking here about a quiet life, he's talking about this will help you from getting stressed out if you live a quiet life. I mean, you ever been stressed out? Probably not. For sure, all of us have been stressed out. And it's the worst thing when you're stressed out because you don't think God's listening and then your family sees you stressed out and they say, you know, just calm down. Don't worry about it. And you go, oh, no, 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 You're all messed up. But it's so cool to see somebody going through something big and they have peace in their lives. My wife's one of them. She's one of them. At peace with God when she prays. And when she prays, she's an example to me, to my boys, to my grandkids. What's been so neat, my little grandson, one of them, when he first started growing up, I went in this room and I told him to get on his knees. So I showed him how to get on your knees. Way back there. And I prayed with him. And then I said, okay, however you can, pray to Jesus. Now he's five years old and every time he comes to my house, Papa, we got to pray. If he talks to little children about praying, how much more we have to be that example to our sons and daughters and grandchildren because they're facing a lot, a lot of things in their lives. And we need to have a quiet life. 
And guess what else? Peace in our lives. He goes on to say, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Notice what he's saying here. Tranquility with peace. All godliness. This is the life of a Christian. Verse 3, watch what he says. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Notice, it means prayers for all men. It's good to pray. This is what God wants us to do. To pray for government, to pray for the church, to pray for one another, to pray for those that are divorced, to pray for those that are molesters, homosexuals, lesbians. Every type of sin, we need to pray for them. Our hope is for them to get saved. They have to make the choice. And when they make the choice, either repentance or not repentance, heaven or hell for the rest of their lives. You can't do nothing about it. You have to do what God told you to do. You accepted Christ, you accepted Him. Verse 4. Who desires, now notice here, God's desire. Who desires all men to be saved. You see? God desires that everybody would be saved. Which means, it's the gift of God. It's not hard to get saved. We make it hard. Churches make it hard. Cults make it hard. Because they'll say, you have to be saved by works. You got to ride a bicycle. You got to knock on doors. You got to pass up magazines. You got to meditate. I mean, all these things that they make it so difficult for people to not only accept Christ... But they rather accept Buddha and Krishna and all these calls instead of just by faith saying, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. I repent. I repent. And your name is written in the book of life. Imagine that. That fast. And yet, why is it that so many people go to hell? Remember Sunday morning I read from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Many, many will say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. And I did all these things. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil servant of iniquity. You build your house on the sand or on the rock. If you build your house on the rock, Jesus Christ, the floods will come. All these problems, situations will come. And they will not fall. Why? It's built upon Jesus Christ. But if you build your ministry, you build your life, your business on sand, it's going to flow away. It will never stand. Because you put your trust in self. You put your trust in other things instead of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So it's incredible how God's word. He says again, verse 4. Who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So he wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's the knowledge what? Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Truth comes through the word of God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to helping you grow in faith and establish God-honoring habits in your life. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You'll also want to download our free app for a wealth of other resources. Now let's get back to more of today's teaching from 1 Timothy chapter 2. And then he goes on to say verse 5. I want you to circle this one. I want you to memorize it. This is one scripture you need to know. Between God and man, the mind Christ Jesus. Watch. For there is one God, 
one mediator between God and men, the men Christ Jesus. He's what? He's the bridge builder. Jehovah Witness, Mormons, those in the cult, they don't believe that. Jesus is the bridge builder. You can't get to God on your own. You can't go around to go to God. If you want to go to heaven, you got to come across Jesus. He's the bridge builder. He's the one that called you. He's the one that saved you. And to get to the Father, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to become the bridge builder so that we can cross that bridge and get to God the Father through his Son and the Holy Spirit. So when I studied this verse, it just has blown me away all these years. All these years, Jesus, the bridge builder between God and man. In verse 6, he says, who gave himself a ransom. Notice, he's a redeemer. He paid the price for all to be testified in due time. Jesus paid the price to redeem you, to redeem man. He not only redeemed you and me, but what he's done by going to the cross for the whole world. And the world has to make up their minds. You see, the Lord and Savior of my life, or he's not Lord and Savior of my life. I don't believe in the cross. I don't believe in redemption. And you make your choice. But like he says here, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. In due time. You have your own time. I have my own time when I came to Christ. Everybody has their own time because of Christ. Verse 7. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. This is Paul the Apostle. This is who gave me my, notice, what I'm supposed to be as a Christian. He called me to be a preacher that is preaching God's word. And then he appointed me, notice, as a preacher to share his word with other people, proclaiming the truth. And then as an apostle, I was to do what I was to be sent out with the message. The word apostle means to be sent out. Every one of us has been sent out to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to go and sit in a corner or knock on doors. Just with your life, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, your life is very important for people to see that I am a Christian I don't have to preach. And when they come and ask me what I believe, I can share with them. And they'll say, well, I notice you're different. And you can say, I'm different because of Christ. He changed my life. And you you can give them your testimony. Love it. Verse 7. For which I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am speaking of the truth in Christ. My position is in Christ. And not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles, Paul was sent to the Gentiles, in faith and in truth. So a teacher, a preacher, an apostle, he takes the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is so needy. Verse 8. Now, here's men and women in the church. What does the Lord say about that? Well, let's leave. Verse 8. He says, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Without wrath. So when you pray, you lift up your hands to him, your submission to him. But you got to make sure that when you lift your hands up to him, your heart is right before the Lord. Otherwise, you become what? A hypocrite. You have to be clean to the Lord. Watch what he says. 
He says, lift up your holy hands without wrath in doubting. And then next verse, in like manner also that women adore themselves in modest dress with priority and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing. He, and not to offend anybody here, I'm not trying to do that. But what Paul is saying here, and Peter says the same thing in chapter 3 of 1 Peter. The Lord is saying here that women are not to attract attention to themselves like prostitutes. Where men have to see you because of the tight skirt or whatever you wear. He said, you need to dress modestly for the sake of your husband, your children, or your grandchildren. To me, it's incredible to see a 70-year-old lady with a 21-year-old dress. Think about that. I've seen them. We should be modest. The way we dress, we should be modest. And, and here Paul is declaring, he says, women ought to be modest. Your granddaughter, your son, your daughter are watching you. And how many women have fallen or taken another husband? the way they dress. And you make somebody else lust. It's in the Bible, thus saith the Lord. It's not me. That's what God says. He goes on to say. He says that women adore themselves in modest apparel here, in modest dress. Why? Because you want to make sure that you're pleasing God. You're pleasing your husband. You're pleasing your neighbors and they'll say, wow, there's a real woman. Not only loves her children, but the way she dresses, she's not, taking, no, she's not bringing attention to herself to draw other men to herself. And you see this in the stores all the time. You see this at the gym all the time. And it's so sad because these guys are talking to wives that belong to somebody else because, by the way, they're dressed for the gym. I've, <laughs> I've gotten in trouble at the gym. So I've gone out to people and talked to them. They don't like what I say, but I don't really care. But... It's important for their wives. I see their wives, you know, got broken. How many people you know that divorce came because of the husband or because of the wife? The way the husband behaved, talking to girls, flirting with girls, and then the wife going to the gym or talking to somebody else, somebody else's wife. They come in counseling churches. A woman comes in and, and you're going to talk to her. She says, you know what, this is what happened to me and this and this and that. And then they want to come back again. And we counsel only one time. Because if they keep coming, eventually the pastor's going to say, well, these are my problems. And the next thing you know, they're in bed. And they're divorcing their husband and wives, and then that's the end of that. You see, it happens? It happens. It happens in the church. And that's why you really have to be careful. He says, braided hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly clothing. He says, verse 10, but which is proper for women professing godliness. In the book of Corinthians, when I went to Corinth, I was really impressed. I've been there many times. And when you come to the city of Corinth, there's a big hill that you look to the right, and there's a big hill. In that hill, there were a thousand prostitutes. A thousand. And within those a thousand prostitutes, they would count down in the evening to seduce Christians and non-Christians. That's what they would do. And Paul goes and says, whoa, man, this is too much. They, they can't be doing this. So Paul exhorts Christians when he goes to Corinth. Because remember Mary Magdalene? She was a great woman. 
You have women in the Old Testament, Ruth and others. They were godly women. They didn't want to attract attention. They said they wanted to work for the Lord. They want to serve God. They wanted to be with other men, lifting up their hands, leading them to the Lordship of Christ. And that's what he wants from each one of us individually here. He goes on, verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. Now, a lot of times men can get carried away here because the wife has to speak. But what he's talking here about, there was a problem in Corinth church where they'd be sitting the women on one side, the men on the other side, and as the pastor was speaking or the rabbi, the woman would say, honey, what does he mean by that? And it would disturb the whole congregation. He says, when you go home, tell your wife. So there's no problem in the temple or the church. He goes on again, notice in submission here. Verse 12. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to be of authority over a man, but to be silent. See, the Bible says that a woman can't teach men. They can't. They can teach women. They can teach children. They can do other works. But to be in the pulpit and to teach, you probably see that a lot. Women are not supposed to be in the pulpits. According to the word of God, thus saith the Lord. Verse 13. Then he tells you, For Adam was formed first and then Eve. And what happened? What did he do? She was deceived. She fell into sin. And then took down Adam. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Transgression is a willful act of sinning, listening to the devil, and then taking what the devil gave to her and gave it to her husband. And her husband took it. But it's incredible how Paul's bringing up the Old Testament here in the book. He goes on in verse 15. Nevertheless, he says, she will be saved in childbearing, which he was. Remember, she was. And check this out. And if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. So here God made the woman, what? The body, wonderfully made to have children. Men could never do that, to have children. And here Paul is declaring, nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing, which means, again, I'm going to read to you something. He says, some believe that the reference is to the incarnation of Christ as promised to Eve in Genesis 3.15. Some believe that that's what he's talking about. Others believe that God made the woman's body in a wondrous design for childbearing. Proverbs 30, verse 16. So you can take whatever you want. I took the first one. And I think it's of importance that we, even here tonight, that as you read, as you pray, as whatever you do in the kingdom of God, hey, do it to the glory of Jesus Christ. Do it to him. I'm going to ask you something tonight. I want you to go home with your kids, whoever it is that's here. And I want you to spend before you go to bed time with God, with your family or with yourself. And ask the Lord to touch you and prepare you for tomorrow morning, how he wants to use your life. I'm going to tell you this, you're going to blow your mind. If you're really honest and you're real, you're going to blow your mind what God is going to do. And what already he's done here tonight for each one of us individually Learning the word of God. I want to have love in my life. I want to have holiness in my life. And I want to have self-control in my life. 
so that I can please Him, but also I can please people that I do belong to Jesus Christ and I am a Christian. Well, we hope you've been inspired today to spend more daily time with the Lord, pursuing the close personal relationship He desires for you to enjoy with Him. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165. And for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send you a full copy of today's study from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now, to strengthen your faith and equip you as an effective witness of God's love, we'd also like to tell you about Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth. It's a resource that provides a helpful overview of the Lord's grand design for you as you entrust your heart to Him and seek His help in navigating all of life's ins and outs. Contact us to purchase Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth. We'll send your copy for $10 plus shipping and handling. Just visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to place your order. That number again is 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we are thankful for your partnership. Your tax-deductible contributions make these programs possible. Join us next time for more instruction from the Apostle Paul's first letter to Timothy. You'll see that even if the Lord hasn't called you to full-time ministry, He has set you apart for a life of holiness and obedience that brings glory to His name. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.